0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success.
1: And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Invest Talk. It is May 23rd, 2018. Now, you know, we all work hard for our money. I know you work hard for yours. And we all want to invest it well, and you want a decent return on your investment, and that goal, of course, raises questions. Well, we've got answers. Now, hopefully, I have the answers, or some of the answers at least. So we're here to help, help any way we can financially here on Invest Talk. Is it time to start worrying about interest rates? Well, I don't think so. After six increases, you know, there's been six increases since 2016 by the Federal Reserve, and they say there's at least two more expected this year, the Federal Reserve says. That's what they estimate. now, And that is supposed to be considered neutral level, neutral. I don't know if I'm buying into two more times. It might be. It might only be one. Well, this, this information is all according to the minutes of the Federal Reserve's last meeting here in early May. The translation is the Federal Reserve is moving closer to ending its accommodative strategy of helping the U.S. economy with low interest rates. They are getting closer to what they will not be accommodative. So what does that mean for investors looking forward? Okay, that's just one question. You've got your own, I know, I'm sure. Whether it's a personal financial issue or you want to help updating your portfolio, I want to help you. Put in your finance and investing questions to me. It's time to do it, so please do so. Our Anytime Listener 9 number is 888-99-CHART. So let's kick things off with a call that came in before today's program.
2: Hi, Stephen, Justin. This is Stephen from Orange, California. Had a real estate question. I'm trying to help a family member get ready to buy a house in the next year or two, and they don't really have any liquid assets to get uh, approved for the home loan. So I was wondering, um, my parents may be able to give them an early, inheritance within the next couple years coming from that account. So I wanted to find out if they got their names added as co-owners of a investment account, if that would help get them qualified with proven assets. I used to be in loans years ago and from what I understood you normally have to show six months worth of payments to cover the uh mortgage, taxes and insurance before you can even get qualified for a home loan. So I was just wondering how that would work if they could get added to an account. And if you know that, if that's more or less up to the bank individually, or if they get 50% ownership or how that would work. If you know anything about that, i appreciate
1: it. Thanks. Well, they could become co-signers on the loan. They don't have to be on the uh, the deed. They they can be half owners on the deed, and that might give banks more comfort knowing that they ha- own half the property. Uh, but a co-signer, if they have good credit and have the financial wherewithal. I'm talking about the parents of whoever is trying to buy the house. Uh, that should do it. But the, the it is more difficult than it used to be to have these kinds of structures. But it is very doable as long as the parents are financially viable, healthy, you know, have assets. Now, the problem is if you co-sign a loan, you're on the loan. If the child or whoever you co-sign for bank doesn't make the payment you're on the hook to make the payment so i you know it would be smarter if you're going to be on the hook for the payment you might well be on the deed too because then you get lease ownership okay so i would i would work it that way but you know be very careful with that kind of relationship now you heard me say earlier that the central bank, Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, is moving closer to ending its accommodative strategy. Now I say that, even though they don't, they have not said that. They have not said that. They are, but I guarantee you, they are getting close. And we still have low interest rates. Uh, reporter Jeff Bartish at MarketWatch.com has quoted a former Fed staff member as saying that the wording about accommodation is living on borrowed time, meaning. Accommodation means keeping lower interest rates low to accommodate the economy. That's what that's talking about. And 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 this, uh, oh, I guess we'll call him insider, is saying that the Federal Reserve is close to uh, getting rid of that, being beyond that. A change in the statement that they release, however, does not signal the Fed plans to raise rates more aggressively in 2018 or beyond. Some officials believe the level interest rates Considered normal is lower than the Federal Reserve's current 2.9 estimate, but maybe closer to two and a half. Well, 3% is the long-term average of normal, quote-unquote normal. We're not there yet. I mean, we're at what, one and a half to 1.75? So we're not even at two yet. So. Remember, when these rates go up, generally, generally, remember, these are only the rates that the Federal Reserve charges the banks to borrow money from the Federal Reserve. Then, but when these rates go up, the banks usually pass along that increase to you and me, the public. And therefore, why is that important? Because higher rates slow down economies. That's just the way it does. So how do you raise financially savvy children? That's our main the featured talking point today. And some of the other topics I want to talk about, why are we not in danger of a market crash? Why are we not in the danger of a market crash? This is my opinion, by the way. Why I don't think there is a danger of the market crash anytime soon. Doesn't mean we won't have weakness or corrections. I'm talking about a crash. Should we worry about another flash crash? Okay, so I'm telling you why we shouldn't worry about a market crash but also, you remember those flash crashes we had? Should we worry about that kind of thing? That could happen. But the overall market now, man, the flash crash is down and then back up in a day, two days, down, up, down, up. So those two types of crashes I want to talk about. House set to approve bank deregulation. You, they saw that. You saw that yesterday. They approved it. They approved deregulation. Is that good? Bad? is something uh, there's something we should worry about? Not worry about. And what does it mean to you and me? does it mean anything. Well, the market was up today, the Dow was down during the day, most of the day and crawled up you know like the last couple hours. But it ended up the Dow being up 52 points, the Nasdaq 46 points, which is a much bigger gain than the the Dow and the S&P. The S&P was up 9 9. So it was an up day today. Remember we've had a we had a big up day on Monday, decent size down day yesterday, but only because of the last hour or two of the possible non-meeting with North Korea that was hinted hinted at. Today the market started off weak, but crawled back up. So that's kind of the activity we're having. Uh, I think it feels like to me it feels like to me volatility has slowed a little bit. I'm not sure what that's gonna mean. This is this is Invest Talk everybody. I'm a financial advisor Steve Peasley and looking at the calendar, I see that May 30th is only 7 days away. Well, what happens on May 30th? Our free educational webinar happens on May 30th. Justin and I will be explaining the power of fundamental technical analysis. It's an essential tool if you're going to be in, in investing money, you got to be informed. If you're going to buy make buy and sell decisions in your stocks, you got to know Fundamental technical analysis. You have to know it. To learn about it, tune into our free webinar. You can register right now at investtalk.com.
0: You're listening to Invest Talk Answers to Important Questions. What's your topic?
1: Getting a Roth
3: IRA started. My mutual funds. Lifetime income plan with cash refunds. Why do mutual funds close to new investors? Get your question
0: to us now at 888-99-CHART. That's how you can reach Invest Talk anytime, 24 hours a day. Okay, sir. Thank you.
1: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So, how to raise a financially savvy, savvy child. Well, I'll tell you this: my experience with my own family tells me that very few members even talk about money, discuss money, or try to teach their children anything about money. It's rare. It's so rare. It's frustrating to me. But you can do it, and you should do it. You know, um, that there's there's, you know, there's some some studies about this. And the, 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 really, a child in, in elementary school should have a good understanding, a good understanding about the fundamentals, fundamentals of money, not how to invest it or manage it, but where it comes from, what things cost, how much parents make, how much they can afford to do, those kinds of things. The children should know about those things. Okay, they should be able to. They should understand the concept of savings and spending, concept of interest, money making money and paying interest and earning interest. Yeah, you might say, well, a, a child, a elementary school child. Yeah, yeah. They should probably think know some fundamentals about budgeting. Okay, And when they're, when they're in middle school, they need to know about inflation and taxes on, on the money that someone makes, what are the, what's taken out of your check, taxes, out of your paycheck, where it goes. And in high school, you've got to have some pretty good financial knowledge. Investments. Start talking about investments and how, how you can take risks, good or bad risks, what they are. Unfortunately, most, many people don't, know how, don't even know that, adults. But we really, really need to start teaching the children. You start young, they'll learn, learn this young, and then it just advances as they go. It's, it's crucial, it really is crucial, uh, as far as I am concerned, that kids have a part-time job in high school to some degree, so they understand the concept of working for their money. You know you're not doing your child any any say any favors, letting them not work, having them not work, not doing them any favors, and giving them stuff. Just give it to them. They gotta learn how to do this in their eight. when they get an adult, why why aren't you teaching them that? You gotta teach them about not taking on debt. Debt, debt is a, and you know there's good debt and there's bad debt. Good debt is when you buy assets with it. Bad debt is everything else. <laughs> debt is not good. It's not good. 888-99-CHARGE our number. 888-992-4278. I do have a, an email question today. Came in. Someone called. I uh, had a question about Chimera Investments Corp. The symbol is C-I-M. C-I-M. I was wondering if is now is a good time to add it to my portfolio and what my thoughts are on it. Okay, CIM is Chimera Investment Corp. It's a real estate investment trust. And we all know what that is. That means it pays 90% of its earnings in the form of a dividend to the shareholders. And at this, the current past rate, when I say current, I mean within the last 12 months, it was 10.9%. It's a REIT, investing in residential mortgage loans, mortgage-backed securities, and real estate-related securities. Now, the what is the worry about this? You know the worry is about rising rates because it's a, a re- investing in, in mortgage loans. These rates are increasing. That's a problem for this company. Now, everybody knew that. Everybody knows that. And it's gone from 38 down to 32. And it's going to make $2.32 this year, $2.29, $2.29 next year. So the, the dividend is going to go down slowly. Uh, sales on last quarter were up 18% from a year ago. So right now it looks pretty cheap. The P.E. is only 8 The stock is $18. It's going to make $2.29. That's cheap. Why is it cheap? Because interest rates are rising. There's your danger. Rising interest rates could really hurt this company. Now. It fell from 37 down to 32 in October, went back up to 37. Now it's back down to 32 here. So it looks like that's the range. And this is at the lower end of the range. And if the Fed is getting close to stop its increase in rates, this stock could easily float back up to $38. But long term, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Where do you go for our money answers? We hope you think of us. Call or anytime online and record your question at 888 99 Chart. This is Invest Talk.
3: Back to Invest Talk with your live calls and questions. Invest Talk, the program that helps you grow your money. We're taking your questions now. Eight eight eight
1: ninety nine chart. Hey Art, how you doing? Art in Menlo Park.
2: How are you, Steve?
1: Good. Thanks for the call.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to uh, see if um, if you liked uh, Hershey still. H-S-Y, because I'm thinking about getting back in. I was in that about 90 the
1: last time. Now it's at 92 right now. Let's see. Let's take a quick look at it. Uh, Hershey's. Yeah, it looks like it tried to find a bottom here right around 90. Got up to almost 94, now back to 92 in the last four or five days moving sideways. So it might be trying to find that bottom finally. Hopefully, knock on wood. They're a $92 stock, but they're only going to make $5.61 next year. So it's and that's up 5% from this year, and that's not huge because the PE still is around $19. But the five-year range is 18 to 29 on the PE range, so it's on the low end of the range. But uh, for an overall company only growing like 5, 3 to 5%, that's still kind of on the high price high side. It should be selling closer to 15 PE. Has a great return on equity. Decent d- dividend that's pretty sustainable, 2.8%. Very good cash flow at $6.05. So there's a lot of positives. The, the couple of negatives is uh, there's they, they're carrying a lot of debt. So I don't know, Art. I, 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 that's a tough call for me. It looks like it's putting in a bottom. I just don't know if it has enough enough upside potential to be worth your money i like it it's solid it, they'll always pay that dividend and it looks like it's putting it in the bottom so if you're going to buy it this is where you would buy it okay but don't expect thanks a lot. Last, okay just thanks for the call Art. just don't expect a big upside It it might go back up to 106 dollars you know but that's about what you're going to get out of it hsy hershey everybody 888 chart why we are not in danger of a market crash. Now, I'm talking about a crash, everybody. I'm not talking about a correction. We're, we could have several more corrections uh, before we hit our next recession. And corrections normally at 10%. We had one at the beginning of the year, and we're still working our way through it. We haven't we haven't recovered from it yet. So, it's a long process here. But this this is the main reason why. Um, what are the you know that I, I look at the high headlines of the news? Okay, if I see a lot of headlines in the news day after day after day about warning about the market going to fall or it's going to crash, something bad's going to happen, if I see all that and there's a lot of that out there, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be a crash. That's an anecdotal test of mine. For instance, I was looking at one of the websites today, one of the business websites, and you know they have positive negative articles, but by far much more negative, like here's a hidden stock market risk, why the end is coming for the biggest tech bubble ever, charting a slow motion breakout, that was the one up piece. Why overpriced CEOs may be a red flag for stock markets. See, headlines like that, too many of these negative headlines tells you that everybody's not all that excited about the market. It's, the market peaks, and a crash ensues from a peak when no one's worried about the stock market. We have, now we have too many people concerned with the stock market, that is peaking, or there's problems, or whatever. Uh, Interest rates are too high, or the Fed's raising rates, and that's bad for the market. When you have that kind of uh, 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 headline news out there, a crash usually doesn't follow. That's not how it works. Now, it doesn't mean it can't. It's just not usual. When you see only good news day after day after day and very little warnings, that's when you get worried about a crash. It comes when no one's looking. That's what happens. No one's looking for it. No one feels it's imminent. That that's when a crash falls. And the Fed is raising rates. Federal Reserve is raising rates, and we didn't have a crash from the time that they started. We still don't. So all that worry about rate raising is already built into the market. So why aren't we having a good year this year? It's not that hard to determine. We had a very good year last year. The market's overpriced. And we're just working off that overpriced. That's what I feel about it. That's what I think. We're just working off that excess of price appreciation from last year. And we're doing it in a very stable fashion. Only corrected 10%, and now we're going sideways. We've been going sideways for a couple, three months now after the 10% correction. Well, no big deal there. That's, 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 not, that's not a problem whatsoever. It's healthy in the long run. It's healthy. We like it. We want it. I know you don't feel like you want it, but you do. What's well, coming up on Invest Talk Thursday? That'd be tomorrow. Will higher oil prices grease the path to recession? See, there's another negative article that tells me the market's not going to crash. That's going to be on tomorrow. But for now, I'm here to answer any of your questions. 888 99 Chart.
0: Our podcast continues, but first, a reminder about our upcoming webinar. Invest Talk host Steve Peasley says, Without using fundamental and technical analysis, you're wearing a blindfold. With it, you have a valuable tool.
1: You can look under the hood. In revenues, income. See the company's management structure, the strength of their business.
0: Learn to transform technical data and pricing trends into an actionable trading strategy. Technical analysis doesn't tell you whether or not to buy a stock but it can tell you when to buy. Fundamental and technical analysis. Now, we don't promise in an hour you're going to be a master, but at least we'll get you familiar with what to look at, what to consider, what to do more homework on. Using fundamental and technical analysis to take your investing to the next level. And help you understand how to use two of the most powerful analysis tools that investors have. Register now on investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's, investtalk.com and click on the INVEST TALK tab.
3: INVEST TALK IS MADE POSSIBLE BY KPP FINANCIAL, WHERE PARALLEL INVESTING MEANS THAT THE ECONOMIC INTERESTS OF THE KPP principals ARE ALIGNED WITH THE CLIENTS because the principal's personal investment accounts participate at equal price and percentages. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. But now, to talk with Steve, call 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. Let's go to Bobby in Atlanta. I do, Bobby?
2: Hey, Steve. I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for the call.
2: Kraft Heinz, uh, K-H-C. I was planning to buy it and maybe hold on for like 10 years.
1: Well, this would be a good place to buy it. It really would. Uh, Kraft Heinz, everybody. The symbol is uh, K-H-C makes food products such as beverages, cheese, convenient uh, meals, other grocery products sold worldwide. They're going to make $3.77 this year per share. That's up 6%. Another 5% up next year. It's a $56 stock. So it's gonna make three dollars and ninety seven cents. Well, what is that that puts a PE right around fourteen. And that's the very low of its five year range. Now, this is not Bobby, it's not an exciting stock. You know that, right? This is not one of yeah, those yeah. fast growers or anything. You're buying this stock because the dividend is really healthy at four point four percent, and they are gonna keep paying that dividend, I have no doubt whatsoever. And it's now fallen from like 82 down to 56.98, and it looks like it's you know, for about the last three weeks. It's been kind of moving sideways. I, I think that this might be the bottom. Yeah. So for a long-term hold, ten years, yeah, this is where you could buy it, and pick it up, and put, it in your, put it in your portfolio, and just ignore it and just collect the dividends. Ten years from now, you'll be very happy.
2: That's the plan. Okay? Thank
1: you. Okay. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate the call. Heinz Kraft Heinz, K-H-C. Let's go to Lee in San Mateo. How are you doing, Lee?
2: Hey, how are you, Steve? Thank you for taking my call. I'm good. I am calling in regard to energy stocks or ETF. One is XLE, mm-hmm. and the other one is uh-huh. uh, Vanguard Index Fund, VG, mm-hmm. as in George. E, as in Edward, L, as in Lucy, and X. I would like to know Mm -hmm. which one is better. uh, Mm -hmm. And if so, what would be a good entry price?
1: Okay. Uh, One is a mutual fund, as you know. One is an ETF. So, Mm -hmm. let's see. The ETF follows the S&P Energy Select Sector Index. That's what the ETF does. And I'd have to. I wouldn't be surprised. Vanguard Energy probably does about the same thing. Um, So I don't think there's a lot of difference between the two. I'd have to do more research, but I don't think so. I think you're looking at two stocks that are very very similar in what they do, what they what they're tracking, and that's that energy sector. Um, Right,
2: but Vanguard has higher. I think it has. 0.33 X L E, I believe, has 0.13. Uh, is that cheaper. the expense ratio? And Vanguard 1. The expense ratio? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're Vanguard's, talking about the expense ratio. Vanguard uh, 1 yeah. is um, you have to buy, I think it's an admiral share. So you need to buy yeah, either $25,000 or $50,000, which is a lot of money.
1: Yeah. I probably i probably suggest the ETF anyways because they're okay. easier to get in and out of. Uh, and right. generally, they're cheaper than mutual funds. Generally, they are cheaper than mutual funds. Um, I don't know if I would get into energy right now, though, because it's had a really good move up already, you know. Right, so, right.
2: So, i am like yeah. to wait. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Wait, wait for Wait for it. Yeah, I, I, what do you think would be a go good
1: ahead. entry price for XLE? A- around 68 to $70. Okay. That's about a 10% correction okay. from here. Okay, okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Thank you so thanks
1: much, for, Steve. Thanks, Lee. Thank much, Steve. Thanks for the call. That's uh, XLE, everybody, and VGELX. VGELX. 888 chart Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Love to talk to you. Okay, um, let's talk about should we worry about a flash crash. I don't think we should worry about a crash anytime soon, as I said before, a regular market crash. But how about a flash crash? And I think a flash crash is more uh, more p- probable. I just don't want to think, do you think it's going to happen? No. It's just more Probable. Um, there was an article uh, and some research done by one of the big houses, Goldman Sachs. Uh, they, they feel that computer-driven trades could amplify the next sell-off. Okay, so they did a study and felt that the flash crash will be because and accelerated by, you know, the computers trading. And that kind of was one of the reasons why it happened last time. Now, at the same time, the markets are pretty broad uh, as far as number of participants in the market. But remember, you have to have someone on the other side of each trade that's made. You have to have a buyer and a seller. So if the computers start selling and the computers are trying, and other computers are buying, but as soon as the trigger happens, all the computers stop buying, and then you have computers trying to sell to people. And computers trade millions and millions of shares all really, really fast. There's not enough buyers. They run out. Run out of buyers. This is one of the biggest complaints. Do you know, remember all that, the history you've seen those guys on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and they're yelling back and forth? <coughs> those, those, were the, they were, those were the floor brokers, the floor traders, right? One of their function was keep the, keep the trading smooth. There's always buyers and always a seller. If there wasn't a buyer or seller, they had to be the buyer or seller. That was a privilege for them to be there. So all these big houses, Goldman Sachs and everybody else, had a floor broker. Uh, they bought a seat on the exchange. And one of their function was to make sure there's a smooth operating buy and sell for all stocks. Now, those floor brokers are pretty much gone. And it's now computerized. Everything's computerized. And, of course, this makes the trading smoother, makes it faster. And, you know, there's a lot of good things about it. But you removed an element here that is going to be a problem. And we've seen it be a problem. And one of the reasons we have curbs, what they call them curbs in the market, is when there's no buyers. And the market's just down, 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 down. The curbs of the market, the market goes down too much and too fast. It The curbs come in, stop trading to slow it down. But it doesn't have anything on the other side. So they stopped trading for a half an hour to an hour, then they started up again. It could pick up where it left off. So this is a problem that we don't know yet what the reaction is going to be with all the indexes and the advent of the ETF and with all the... You know, all these new products out there, what's going to happen in a stressful situation? We don't really know. So more Goldman Sachs is saying here that this could be a, a problem. You know, the market is vulnerable is what they're saying to a flash crash. And I would agree that that's more likely than a normal crash at this stage. So I think I don't know if it's likely. I just think it's more likely. I think you have maybe you know a twenty percent chance, twenty-five percent chance. Do you need help with your four hundred one k? The biggest complaint we hear about four hundred one ks is I can't find a good choice in the plan. Now, active four hundred one k from KPP Financial helps you make the best possible choices for your employer's plan. You have to. You're subject to their choices, but you can. Have professional help doing it. Active 401k gives you the guidance to buy and sell, what you should do. Active 401k keeps you current, too. It doesn't just do one th- one recommendation and leave. No, nope, it updates it every quarter. If you'd like to know more about how it works, just go to investtalk.com, click on the InvestTalk Programs tab, then Active 401k.
3: Do you have questions about college savings plans? The new tax bill stops the Coverdell program, but both series one savings bonds and section 529 college savings plans offer tax advantage ways to save for college. What are the merits of a prepaid tuition plan? These are offered by the states, and there are disadvantages, but it may be something for you to look into. Ask your question at eight eighty eight ninety nine chart.
2: Hey guys at Invest Talk. This is Brad, a nineteen year old investor, I'm getting my feet into the market and I just had a quick question if you think I should even be worried about balancing my portfolio in terms of safer investments like gold or bonds or anything like that, or if you think I should be focused more on aggressive and long term investments since i have uh so much time to let them grow thank you
1: guys yeah at 19 you're you're concerned about growth and you want to be aggressive uh forget about bonds forget about you know you can do gold but you know that's kind of defensive you don't need to be defensive you need to be aggressive and when the market does fall you got to keep investing because you got plenty of time to make it up it's always it's always 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 made it up always and then gone higher has never not done that. And yes, you'll see some doomsayers out there saying that that, that won't happen in the future. And I think it's all bull. It will happen in the future. You, you know, it, it's there's a lot of books out there that tells me that yeah, you know, we have periodic crashes, periodic bu- bust and booms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're still on a path of economic growth worldwide. I don't see how that can happen, and you still have innovation happening all the time, and that's continue to happen. So, yeah, you want to be aggressive, and you want to stay aggressive for many, many years. Good question. Appreciate that. Now let's get to another caller. We took the to leave to, uh, to get the question. Uh, anytime that can, you can ask any question, anytime you want on our listener line eight 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 ninety nine chart.
0: Hi, Steve or Justin. My name is Michael. I'm interested to start buying individual bonds in my IRA account. And uh, there are so many of them, different maturity industries, uh, everything. Would you provide kind of strategy how to buy individual bonds? I know that I have a broker, but he's asking questions, what exactly you want to buy, and I just wanted your opinion. Thanks a lot, take care.
1: Well, at this stage, with interest rates still pretty low, you want to ladder the bonds. You want to buy individual bonds, ladder them one, two, three, four, and five years, maturity dates, so one through five. And when the first one comes due in a year, you go out five or six years. Then the second one in two years, you go out another five or six years. You keep going out longer. If interest rates keep rising, you keep going out longer and longer. That's called a ladder, and it works well in a a rising interest rate environment. Okay. Um, the the hope is is you'll have a lot of five-year longer bonds when the interest rates are really high that you're collecting very high interest rates and them, they start to fall. And then it's longer to have it's better to have long-term bonds. You also want high-quality bonds. Don't go to junk. Try to stay away from junk. Triple B are better uh, is where I would be. Don't don't try don't go single B and double B you know don't don't do that initially try to stay with the higher quality bonds corporate bonds um, if you have a tax issue you can buy state double tax free bonds you'll get less return but you won't have to pay income tax or tax on the on the interest that you're getting so it depends on your personal where you are personally uh, financially uh, but I would high quality bonds. So make sure you're high quality. Buy uh, large company bonds if you're going to buy corporate. Therefore, you don't. because you try not to worry about default rates? That's the whole point. You know, you want to get your money back. You want to get your money back plus interest rate. So you want to buy high quality. So you can buy a lower quality bond, but a very high quality stock. For instance, maybe like an AT and T, and maybe they have a temporary uh, more debt than the bond. Analysts like and they may have downgraded their debt to, you know, double B+. plus. Well, I would still buy at and They're not going anywhere. But that kind of thinking, big companies, stable companies, that's what you want. Okay, Let's go to Dan in San Diego. How you doing, Dan?
2: Oh, real good, Steve. Uh, you sound really good today. I'm calling about Washington Prime Group, WPG.
1: Okay. It's a REIT. a yeah. investment trust that yep. owns, owns 108 strip centers and smaller enclosed mall properties in 27 states. And, of course, you're buying it for the dividend. You like the dividend, right? <laughs>
2: That's the main reason I was calling, Doug. Do you think the dividend's covered?
1: Well, it is covered right now, but sales have been falling. They fell 11% last quarter, 14% the quarter before. They've been falling for two years. Sales,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> and profits are going down. Down seven percent this year, and down three percent next year. So you know, if they're going to make, they're going to make a dollar forty-six next year, and ten percent of that. So it looks like uh, they're going to pay. I'm trying to figure out if they're going to maintain that thirteen point three percent dividend. Um, yeah, ninety so is it's a. Yeah, it's about. Yeah, it's going to be tough to maintain that dividend. They're going to, they're going to have to start ratcheting it down unless they turn around the sales, Dan. They're going to, well, yeah, you know, not.
2: Yeah, they definitely yeah, have so their hands a... full, but they've got a real. And and I don't want to buy into the their hype, but uh, they're trying right. to turn around. You know, uh, these strip malls and B malls by making right. them into entertainment centers and such. So.
1: I don't know. They have to do something. Yeah, they have to do something. Dan, appreciate the call. Gotta go. You listen to Invest Talk, everybody. We got, give us a call, 888 99Chart.
3: We've got time for one or two more calls here on Invest Talk for this Wednesday, May 23rd. Will higher oil prices grease the path to recession? That's tomorrow on InvestTalk. But now, do you have a question for Steve? Call 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, so the um, the House approved the deregulation, uh, banking deregulation rules. Um, Is that good or bad? Is that going to hurt or help? Frankly, I think it's probably a good move because they were way, way too constrictive. Everybody panicked in the financial meltdown, which is normal. So they, the government panicked too and threw all these rules and regulations more than it was necessary. And they didn't even address the biggest issue, which was the too big to fail, in my personal opinion. They didn't address that one issue, which was the backbone of the problem, the too big to fail issue. The banks were too big to fail. You had to save them. Well, so a lot of the things they did was reduce some of the restrictions on the smaller banks, not small banks, smaller banks, and make it uh, make it easier for them to conduct business. Um, they the larger banks still have the full restrictions on them, which is probably a you know not the, the larger banks should be more scrutinized, right? They should. I agree with that. And they should reduce all the regulations on smaller, insignificant banks. If they go under, they go under. Let them go under. If they make stupid decisions, and the bank goes under. That's totally. That's what our. That's what our business. That's what our economic system is all about. You take risks. You run the risk. You might get rewarded, or you might not. So how smart are you? You know. So I kind of like. I kind of like what they did. I think it was a smart move. Um, and I'm not I'm not an expert in this area. I know some of the things they did, like you know, reduce the size of the bank that had to meet the real strict rules. And we're talking about not tiny banks, 50 billion dollar banks, 250 billion dollar banks in assets, uh, or less. They got some a break, but the big mega banks didn't. So I think it was a, a, a smart move. I'm sure you're going to have people disagree. What well, The thing that I don't like about this is the, the repeal of the Glass-Siegel Act many years ago. I think that was stupid, where banks could get into insurance business and get into different kinds of financial business. I think they should keep them separate. Let's try to answer one more question before the end of the hour. 888 99 is our 24-hour list online number.
3: Hi, my name is Tony. Uh, I just received an inheritance of $12,000. I'm twenty two years old, I don't know what the heck to do with it. I was hoping to get some advice.
1: Thank you. Okay, don't spend it. <laughs> if you have an IRA, put all of that in your five thousand of it in an IRA. Okay, so that'd be your contribution this year. Then the other put another five thousand in for next year, but you gotta wait till January second to do that. Once you put it in an the IRA, then you invest that money and you keep adding to that IRA over the years. That's what I would do. Okay, Uh, you could do a Roth IRA for $5,000 or a regular IRA. Now, that depends. I'd have to know more about you, but I don't have a problem with a Roth. You have to learn what the difference of those two things are. But at your age, I might suggest a Roth. Time for rest, not personal, everybody. All of us wish our dream of retiring early. We all want that. What that means for you is something only you can answer whether it's a normal retirement at 65 or whatever, or maybe working in retirement. I don't know. Or even later or younger. Everyone is different. What is not different is the road you take to get there. Now, here's a list of steps you must take, no matter what the circumstances you're in, to get there. And all of it depends on the comfort of lifestyle that you want. You have to choose that too, by the way. Number one, organize your finances. Save, 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 save. While saving invest the money soundly, take the take the get rich slowly path. Distinguish between wants and needs. What do you need? What do you want? Don't get don't don't get. I need this hundred thousand dollar car. No, you don't. You want the hundred thousand dollar car. You might need a car, but you don't need that expensive of a car. Get rid of your credit card debt. You can use credit cards, but pay it off the balance every month. Don't. Increase your debt. Don't pay that high interest rate on that. Now everyone can retire any lifestyle you want. It depends on what you want, and you have to work toward it. That's the best talk personal, everybody. And that's it for today. But you can still plan to get help with your portfolio. I'll be in San Jose on June sixth. June sixth in San Jose. To reserve your time for a personal review with me, go to the Invest Talk tab on InvestTalk.com. I'm Steve Peasley, and Justin, Klein and I thank you for making us part of your day, and we'll do this again tomorrow, on Thursday.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.